we are back. That's right. In two days, the National Football League is officially back, kicking off with Lions at Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. It's the greatest time of the year. How, how can you beat it? From this moment on, we are going to have NFL football all the way through February. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and this is going to be probably the most jam-packed episode that I'll probably ever release. Maybe until next season. Um, we have a lot to cover. We have NFL news to cover. Um, there's also a lot I wanted to do before the season, um, along with still doing my review of the AFC, NFC, uh, AFC, NFC East. Um, I wanted to provide my ranking of every starting NFL quarterback. Um, starting this week, we're doing NFL fantasy Sardom Sidums. Um, also going to predict each playoff spot in the AFC and NFC. Um, and pickums where we go on air um, and pick each game our predictions for the upcoming week. Um, I have a special guest, Frank Frasco, who's going to be joining me later in the show to go through a lot of that. Um, but the first part, we're going to start with NFL news and ranking every starting quarterback. Um, and I will say, I am going to try and um, I'm going to try and keep in the notes like the timing of where everything is so if let's say you don't want to listen to the whole podcast um you can look at the notes and be able to see where um a specific part of the episode will be so all right let's kick it off and let's go ahead and start off with nfl news um of course after cut day you got some busy signings that are coming out um and i don't want to spend too much too long on this because we spent a lot about 30 minutes on nfl news last week um First, I'll start off with former Texans cornerback Desmond King. Uh, he is expected to stein with the Steelers, add some uh, kind of buff up that secondary over in Pittsburgh. Um, the Panthers, they ended up waiving uh, former third-round pick quarterback Matt Corral. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, I believe Matt Corral has actually gone ahead and signed up the practice squad of the New England Patriots. I'm just confirming to make sure that is correct. Um he did. Uh, it's a bit of a bummer. I really liked Matt Crowell coming out, and really, he just never had a chance. Of course, you know, they draft Bryce Young, which the right the right move, but does suck for Matt Crowell. Um, think that New England is a good spot for him where maybe down the line he could potentially compete for a starting quarterback position. Um, one of my favorite players that was available uh, is um, – was or, Available on waivers was defensive back Darius Rush, a fifth-round pick that was waived by um, by the Colts. I can't understand that. I don't care how bad of a preseason you have. Um, you deserve at least the season to be able to have your shot to play. Um, pick 138 to waive that. I mean, I question what the, what the Colts are doing, but the Chiefs claimed him. Um, so what better spot for for uh, a guy like Darius Rushton to go to the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, former Cowboys cornerback Anthony Brown, he signed to, the, signed to the Steelers practice squad. Another good secondary move for the Steelers. Uh, Anthony Brown, I'm not the biggest Anthony Fra uh, Brown guy. However, um, he's a pretty good, you know, cornerback three to play in the nickel. He was forced to play outside in Dallas, which he wasn't as good at. Um, but if you can have him as cornerback depth, I mean, you're in a really good spot. 
Um, as we know, uh, Jonathan Taylor had not signed anywhere. Uh, he's on the physical, physically unable to play for the first four weeks. Um, we knew that the um, that the Dolphins were a bitter looking at Jonathan Taylor. It turns out the mysterious bidder was also the Green Bay Packers, which I find very interesting considering they have Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon. If I had a guess, they probably would have moved on, uh, moved away from A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones uh, would probably no longer be in Green Bay as of next year. So we're just really interesting to see, um, but no movement on the Jonathan Taylor front. Also in the NFC North, um, Vikings and star tight end TJ Hawkinson agree on a major extension, four years, $68.5 million. I know there's some you know talk in the media about he's not worth it. Um, if you have a top five tight end, which I think TJ Hawkinson is, you go ahead and pay him. Um, he's a good player. He gives you an edge uh, in the passing game. I think TJ Hawkinson is being slept on, especially in fantasy. I think people are in love with Jordan Addison. Um, I think TJ Hawkinson could be a sleeper tight end one this year in fantasy. Going over to Miami um, and the with the Miami Dolphins, uh, Jalen Ramsey, he's officially been placed on IR along with Jeff Wilson. Um, remember, Ramsey did suffer an injury that he might not return until the end of the year. Um, and Jeff Wilson's missing the first four weeks of the game. So unfortunately, the Dolphins are suffering some injuries early. Um, but what they didn't lose was fullback Alec Ingold. He signed a three-year extension worth up to $17.2 million. Um, some guys that uh, did are not or kind of dealing with some stuff uh, contract-wise, Mike Evans, star wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks, he gave the team until uh, September 9th to discuss contract negotiations or – He's going to say, hey, I'm not going to talk about this until 2024 when he's a free agent and can talk with anyone. Um, honestly, I think the Bucks are probably better off not paying him. Um, I mean, Mike Evans is getting older. I think at this point he's 30 years old. Uh, 31, 32 tends to be when wide receivers um, start to to uh, to fall apart. I don't want to say fall apart, but where they start to um, lose a step or two. I'm blanking out on the word that I'm looking for, but he's going to – he's 30 – Starting next season, he'll be 31. The Bucks are in a weird position. I think personally, I would probably um, just hold off and and leave it as is. Maybe look in season about a potential trade if that's something he might be interested in. Um, but it does seem like there is some movement there, so we'll see. A guy who did get uh, an extension, uh, Dallas Cowboys right tackle Terrence Still. He reached a five-year, $86.8 million extension with the Cowboys. Um, suffered a major uh, injury last year that ended the season early, but he's taken tremendous strides. One of the better right tackles in football. Um, probably a little bit of an overpay considering the injury, but I do think they need some stability on the offensive line. Tyron Smith's old. Uh, Zach Martin, he's getting up there in age. He probably could play at a high level for a l- uh, longer than Tyron Smith can. Um, still gives him some youth uh, stability on that offensive line. There's some major injuries, <laughs> both uh, on the West Coast. I'll start off with the Rams wide receiver, Cooper Cup. Um, he had a mild setback uh, with a hamstring injury. Um, he His status is in doubt uh, this week versus Seattle. Um, not, a, not a great feeling if you're a Rams fan to start the season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they really start to, to maybe – you know, tear this thing apart. And if they do, I, I'm not looking at the, the contracts and everything to see like how it would work financially. 
I think the Bucs should be in play for Matthew Stafford. I know that sounds wild and ridiculous. Um, and I know that the uh, the Bucks obviously have some uh, some financial sh- constraints they're dealing with. Um, if there's something you know about me, I'm going to tell you that the cap is a myth. Um, you can always make it work if the team desires to. Um, and I think this is just kind of one of those things where if a trade were to happen, um, it would probably just have to come with a uh, an extension to move money around in order to um, in order to make it happen. Um, there wouldn't be as much dead money uh, for the Rams with a trade, um, and there's not that much savings. I think they would only save 1.5 mil this year, but the savings would go up every single year really moving forward, um, especially with that roster because they, they look like they need to be completely gutted. So, um, And I think Tampa is still – I think the only thing they're missing is a quarterback. I don't think they're – they don't have the best roster in football, but I think they have too good of a roster to have uh, Baker Mayfield as the starting quarterback, personally. Um, the other injury I was referring to is Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. He hyperextended his knee in practice um, and is in doubt as well uh, to play Thursday night. So fantasy owners, um, just keep that in mind. It does not look like Travis Kelsey will play Thursday. And definitely going to change the way the outlook of that game looks. Last piece of news, Vikings, uh, former Vikings tight end Kyle Rudolph, he's retiring. And then also Cowboys left guard Tyler Smith is questionable with a hamstring strain on Sunday. Uh, as someone who has strained their hamstring before, I'd be pretty surprised if he plays. Um, I was probably out of commission for a month. Obviously, we are completely different. Uh, he is an NFL player with NFL treatment. However, um, Still something to keep an eye on. I would have my doubts about him this weekend. But all right, that's NFL news. Let's get over. I promised I would rank every starting NFL quarterback. Um, and let's go ahead and do that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start from the bottom, by the way. I'm a big ranking guy, so um, so that's why I had to do this. Um, this also does include, so for like injuries like the Cardinals, like I am including Kyler Murray in this ranking, um, not Joshua Dobbs or Clayton Toon. All right, so looking at quarterbacks, uh, 32nd, my worst quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion, Baker Mayfield. Um, I know that sounds a little harsh. We have had plenty of time to study Baker Mayfield, um, and it really since Cleveland, it just things have just gone downhill. Had a, some moments in L.A. last year where he looked uh, pretty serviceable. I just think he just doesn't really read the field all that well. Um the pocket presence, the pocket presence has been a little hit or miss. Um, just not really a fan of him over in Tampa. Number thirty-one is Desmond Ritter. I am giving him the benefit of the doubt over Baker, simply because we just haven't seen enough. Um, I'm not a Desmond Ritter guy. I think that the Falcons would have been wise to trade up for a quarterback. Um, however, I'm still very low on him. Didn't really care for him out of college. So yes, I am taking uh, some of the guys who we haven't seen a snap from over Ritter, considering we saw a little bit of him play last year. 30, I'm going Sam Howell. Um, Another guy, very limited, that we see in the Washington Commanders. Uh, However, I think he's got really good velocity on his ball. Um, I think he's a good decision maker. I think his main issue is pocket presence. Um, Probably takes too many sacks that he shouldn't. Um, He is mobile, so that is helpful. Um, if you're going to be not as great in the pocket, you can at least use your legs to maybe scramble a bit. Um, 
Not sure if he's the answer. Can't really put him much hard due to what we've seen. Um, but I'm, I, I'll be very honest. I'm very intrigued to see him play this year, especially with the weapons they have. 29, Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud. Um, one of the rookie quarterbacks had to go at the bottom. Um, I'm putting Stroud there. I think Stroud's ceil- or his floor is relatively high for a rookie quarterback. I don't know how high the ceiling is. Um, I like the ceiling of the other two rookies more. Um, so we'll see. 28, uh, Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson. If you've heard me by now, I love Anthony Richardson. I am a big fan of his. Um, I think he's going to be a star for a long time. I do think he's going to have some rough patches to start off. Um, however, I do think he, uh, you know, as he grows and gets more experience in this league, I think he's going to be really, really good. 27, uh, Bryce Young, probably the best overall prospect. Um, yes, the height, you know, some people are concerned with it, but really good decision maker, really good in the pocket, pretty good arm strength. I think the weapons are going to be um, what probably hurts him early on, but I do think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback. Um, and he probably is the safest bet to have the most successful NFL career. All right, now going to 26, that's Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love. Another guy we haven't seen enough of, but I do think that we've seen Enough in the preseason to feel good about him. I think he's got decent weapons on the um, around him. Um, I think he's got good arm strength. I think he's a guy. Another guy I'm very intrigued by. I think he, we've also you know we've seen him in the regular season before. Not much. There's still a lot to be seen. Um, but I do feel like he can propel himself at least into like that middle tier quarterback this year. Um, number twenty five going Patriots. Mac Jones. Um, now I'm going into guys that have more experience. I've never really been a Mac Jones fan. Um, he can, you know, drive the ship. Maybe he would bump up a little bit, um, with a bounce back here. He struggled last year, um, plays well in structure outside of that. Can't really make anything happen on his own. Um, I think the, the Patriots are probably gonna be looking for, for new franchise quarterback come 2024. Uh, 24, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raiders quarterback, hated the move to, Go ahead, dump Derek Carr and sign him. I think uh, Garoppolo, the why he looked so good at times is because he was in San Francisco and had Kyle Shanahan. Um, don't think he's the best decision maker and not really great downfield. Um, a guy who could be a bus driver, uh, follows structure, but I think behind a uh, an inferior offensive line, I think he's going to have some struggles. 23, I have Kenny Pickett, and I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny Pickett shocks me this year. Uh, I did this list uh, probably about a month or two ago, um, but Kenny Pickett looked pretty good in the preseason. Um, I still have some – I wasn't the biggest fan of him coming out. I do think he can make some uh, plays on the run. Um, I think he needs to probably be a little bit better in the pocket. Um, but, again, he's young. I feel feel like Steeler fans will uh, – from what we've seen in the preseason, I think he could uh, – he could look better than I probably anticipated to him at the beginning of the season. 22, uh, 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. Um, another one of those guys that, like, they're serviceable. Um, I think Brock Purdy is – I don't think he's going to struggle to the point where the 49ers are looking to replace him. Um, I I envision, like, a 2017 Dak Prescott where might look good at times, um, but, you know – uh, potential injuries can hurt him. Uh, maybe not as good of offensive line play. I know they've been dealing with some injuries there. Um, I could see some struggles uh, 
early on. That's probably why I'm not as high on the 49ers as I am as others. 21, uh, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones, a guy who he, he, he took a step. He didn't turn the ball over anywhere near as much last year. Um, the offense that Brian Dayball created was really fit, was a shoo-in for Daniel Jones. Didn't really have to make um, any plays downfield. Was pretty good in the short intermediate throws. I just, for franchise quarterback, like I need a guy who's going to make plays downfield as well. Uh, only 3,200 passing yards, 15 touch, uh, fifteen passing touchdowns, five interceptions. Happy to see he's protecting the ball. However, if you want to escalate into that next category of quarterbacks, you also need to be able to take shots downfield. And I think he was at the bottom of the league in just attempts alone. Number 20, I have Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson. I think this is a guy who's probably going to have a bounce back year. I think mentally he just was not right at all. Um, I don't think having Nathaniel Hackett there was great for him. It never looked like physically he wasn't there anymore. Just the decision-making was just atrocious. Um, I don't know if he'll ever bounce back into like that top 10 category, but I wouldn't be surprised if like end of the year he's looking like a top 15 quarterback and a guy that at least the Broncos can win with. Number 19, I'm probably not as high as uh, others are. And by the way, this is like how I feel as of now, not how I think this will be going into the season. Um, I have Bears quarterback Justin Fields. I do think he will take that leap um, and improve drastically having a wide receiver one in DJ Moore. But going into the season, um, just bailed out of the pocket probably too much. It was tough because the offensive line was terrible. The weapons weren't great. A lot of it wasn't his fault. Um, Some decision-making was questionable. I do expect, like, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year he's kind of in the similar categories like a Kyler Murray. Maybe not a top 10 quarterback, but maybe like that QB 12 to 13 range. Number 18, a guy who I think has become extremely underappreciated, that's Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. He is a game manager, but I do think he is really good in the pocket, um, can handle pressure really well, make some nice plays. I think the Titans probably need an upgrade at quarterback to win a championship. They've had some good teams, but um, I don't think Tannehill's been able to get to the next step. I don't think he's going to elevate that team, but I think he's better than people give him credit for. Um, and I'm going to put next number 17, Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff last year was probably a slight tick better than Tannehill. I know everyone's going to say that. Um, obviously Goff was in a better position, offensive line, much better, better weapons. Um, I don't think Goff is this top 10 quarterback that people are starting to put him in. Um, We've seen the struggles. We've seen the bad of Jared Goff. I think when things are perfect, he could play well, and I think he's going to have another good season. I mean, the offensive line's really good. I think once Jamison Williams comes back, I think that's going to help propel that offense. Um, I just don't think – I think if they dealt with some injuries on the offensive line, I think if something happened where they don't get Jamison Williams back, like I think those are the things that Goff would probably struggle with. Um. Number 16, I'm actually going to change this on the fly. Um, Originally, I had Kyler Murray, but I'm actually going to put Derek Carr. Um, I'm a Derek Carr fan. Um, I've always liked him since his early days uh, as an Oakland Raider. Um, I don't think he's necessarily probably had the progression that people expected to him to. I think it looked like for some time that he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That hasn't necessarily happened, um, but he has been pretty good. Um, over the years. I think last year was a struggle with an offense that just didn't fit him. They were very run-heavy, um, heavy play action. Don't think it fits uh, Derek Carr. I think he'll have 
a fine season in New Orleans. I also don't really love the landing spot for both sides. Um, I think he'll have a fine season. I think um, once they get Alvin Kamara back, that'll help him a ton. Um, But, yeah, I do think he's underappreciated, though. Number 15, uh, Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray, a guy who has become overhated all of a sudden. Um, Kyler can probably bounce up to like QB 11, QB 12 uh, with a healthy season. He's not the best decision maker. I'll admit that. Um, but he is electric. He is awesome with his legs. He's very an explosive player. Um, the decision making can be better. Uh, probably need him to perform better in bigger games. We've kind of seen him collapse uh, in those games. Um, I think people are lower on him just because he got hurt, didn't have as good of a season. Um, but I think the accuracy, it, it, he's just very inconsistent. Like he, if you were to tell me one quarterback, that's like the highs of Kyler Murray can be really high, but the lows of Kyler Murray can be really low. Um, I know a lot of people are like, Caleb Williams going to be the QB one. I think if Kyler Murray comes back at any point in the season, it, you're not going to see the Cardinals picking number one. Um, I don't think Kyler is a top 10 quarterback, but I do think he's good enough where he, he can win some games just by using his legs and some of what he's capable of doing just as an, a pure athlete. Number 14, I got Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson, a guy who I know everyone was pretty low on um, after, you know, last season, I definitely don't agree with anything he's done as a person. Um, I think he's probably going to be in this top 10 category again. I mean, he was probably arguably top five um, when he was with the Texans, obviously the year off. Then he missed most of last season. I think with better weapons, um, more understanding of the offense this upcoming year, had a whole off season to go directly into the season. Um, I think you'll see a better version of Deshaun Watson, maybe not the top five version of him, um, but a guy who definitely is um, still a special playmaker who can spread the field, make a decisions, you know, has the arm strength to, you know, make those throws downfield and um, ultimately be a guy that could put the Browns in a, in a chance to win that division. Number 13, Dolphins quarterback to it, Tagovailoa. Um, I'm not as high on him as others. I know he... When he was playing last year, he was great, but he also had arguably the best wide receiver duo in football. Um, the arm strength is a serious issue. Um, yes, he made a lot of plays downfield, which you should. You have Jalen Waddle and you have Tyreek Hill. Um, but we definitely saw times where the arm strength was an issue. And not just on downfield plays, but like anytime he had to move out of the pocket um, and maybe as he's rolling out, like he struggled to get the ball where it needed to be. Um, when he's in the pocket and he's comfortable – Accuracy is really good. Um, however, when he gets out of structure, I think that's where he struggles more. Um, still think he's good enough to obviously take the Dolphins uh, as far as they can possibly stay healthy for. Um, just not as as high as maybe most people are. Number 12, a very underappreciated quarterback. That's Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Um, especially after the quarterback series on Netflix, I became a bigger fan of him. Um I know there's the struggles when he's under the lights, and I'm not going to ignore that. Um, but he's a good quarterback. I mean, he makes all the throws you need him to make. He elevates his team. I think without him there, I mean, you would see you wouldn't see the offense tick as much as it does. Um, I think everyone kind of uses Kirk as like the perfect average quarterback. I disagree. Um, I think you know on some days he could be probably a top ten quarterback. Um, I'm a fan of Kirk. I th- I think that. 
people overhate him um, for really reasons I don't know. Number 11, and a guy who I wouldn't be surprised jumps into the top 10, is uh, Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith. Um, had the resurgence of a lifetime. We never really see that, and he was fantastic last year. Um, he, he was great. He was great. Great downfield, great in the pocket. I think that adding JSN is going to be awesome for him. Um, obviously, there's some offensive line struggles as well, but I think he's going to have another great season. I think the Seahawks, everything they did off this offseason was great. It was fully put your trust in Geno, go build an even better roster. Um, I think... As I've already said, I think Seattle wins that division. I think they're they're going to be a lot better than people give them credit for. Now, going into the top 10, um, going Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford. I know he dealt with an injury. That offense was just, just lacked weapons outside of Cooper Cup. Um, I think a lot of people got really negative on Stafford. As they do, everyone's like so year to year. Um, I like Stafford. I think he isn't always the best decision maker. Uh, definitely um, turns the ball over quite a bit, um, but he also can make some insane throws that most guys can't. Has great arm strength. Um, I'm not sure how to feel about this team this year because I don't really think they did enough to add much weapons. Um, that's why I would potentially, if I'm a Rams, uh, if I'm a Rams, I'm potentially looking at a, at maybe moving Stafford. Number nine, and a guy who I think is going to be Probably in the top five, if not top three at the end of the season. But I'm going based off of how uh, we stand today prior to this season. That's Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence, one of the best quarterback prospects of my lifetime. Um, he started off slow, and then he really picked it up towards the end of last season. Um, showed a lot of the flashes of what he showed at Clemson. I still think there was some decision, like questionable decision-making that we saw, but he was much smarter with the football, trusted his instincts a lot better. Um, I think if there's a quarterback right now that's currently playing that can enter the stratosphere of Patrick Mahomes, I do think it's Trevor Lawrence. Um, I just want to see one extra year of that, and I think he will with Calvin Ridley there and um, another year with Evan Ingram, uh, Christian Kirk, and they're going to be a much even better offense than they were. Number eight, I have new quarterback, new Jets quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people are, are going to think and blame the Packers for a lot of the issues with Rodgers. That wasn't completely the case. I mean, Rodgers is probably equally as equally as to blame for some of the struggles as um, the playmakers were in Green Bay. They were a young group, but they were a talented group. I mean, Romeo Dobbs wasn't no slump. Um, Neither was uh, Christian Watson. Neither was out. Like, they had a decent amount of talent. Um, Rodgers just didn't trust them, and that kind of caused some bad throws, some turnovers. Uh, it was the first time he ever th- – or the first time he threw for 10-plus touchdowns since 2010. It was the second most interceptions of his career. Um, I'm not sure how much that's going to change in New York. I don't th- – I think – obviously, you have Garrett Wilson, who is – Light years better than any wide receiver that was on the Packers. Um, outside of that, though, I don't think that wide receiver group is that much better. So um, I don't think he's – I think he's definitely makes the Jets a contender. I don't think he makes the Jets this, like, far, far away, you know, incredible team that's going to storm through the AFC. Number seven, I know this is going to be super low for everyone, um, but I have Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. Um, honestly, it's as simple as just saying, I need another year of Jalen Hurts doing similar to what he did last year. Uh, he was great. Um, 
I don't really have many complaints outside of the fact that I just need a second year of it. Um, 2021, he was nowhere near the same player as 2022. Um, I want to see how he plays without Shane Steichen as his offensive coordinator. Um, I want to see what he looks like with teams having film of him in 2022 uh, this upcoming year. I just want to see one more year because I think if we do get a, a Jalen Hurts year two, very similar to this past year, I do think that he's probably solidified himself as a top three quarterback. But I, I want to see it in order to determine that. We've had Carson Wentz have an MVP year and flare out. I don't think that's going to happen with Jalen Hurts, but I just want to feel good and say this guy is going to progress the way he should. Number six, I have Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm another guy I'm probably a little bit lower on just due to like recent struggles. Um, he's had some injuries. Obviously, he hasn't had the talent around him as most of these quarterbacks in the league. Um, last year, in the time he played, he was a little bit better. 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. 2021, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Um, injuries have played a huge factor in just to some of his struggles. I think he's going to have a massive year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's an MVP candidate. I think he will be. Um, big fan of big fan of his moving forward. Number five, I know everyone's going to say you're a homer, Paul. This is ridiculous. There's no way you believe this. Like, this is just a typical Cowboys fan. Um, I have Dak Prescott. Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott is a top five quarterback. Um, I'll say this. I don't think he'll be considered, in, even in my book, a top five quarterback by the end of the year. I think Lamar will hop him. I do think Trevor Lawrence will hop him. Um, I think he'll probably end up, for me at least, at like the 7-8 spot at the end of the year. Um, but Dak is just the most overhated quarterback. I mean, everyone looked at the interceptions last year and they're like, he's got an issue. He's got an issue. But this wasn't an issue that he's always had. I mean, in terms of just dis- just like pure accuracy, he's probably one of the most accurate guys in the league. Um, as a pocket as a pocket. In the pocket, he's got some of the best pocket presses, just one of the best pocket passers in the league, um, him and Joe Burrow. I, he has full command of that offense. I do, you know, obviously there are times where you wish you could take that step forward, especially in the playoff games. I think that probably gave everyone a chance to turn him into a meme. But Dak is so much better than anyone wants to give him credit for. Um, I think 2020, if he doesn't tear his ACL, he probably wins MVP that season. I mean, he was ready to crush the single season passing record. 2021, he was fantastic. 2019, he was fantastic. Last year, he was fantastic. Outside, I mean, people were so quick to blame some of the interceptions. I would only really probably put seven or eight of them on him. I mean, just the weapons were atrocious. I think he's going to be in for a massive year as well. Um, I think the film says more than the stats do, and I think that those who hate on him probably aren't watching enough Cowboy football. I want to speed up a little bit so we get my special guest on soon, but uh, number four, I got uh, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. He's great. I mean, he is a freak athlete. The arm strength, the accuracy, doesn't have the mobility um, that a Josh Allen has or Jalen Hurts has. But, man, he's a damn good quarterback. A lot of talent there. Uh, I just want to see him maybe step up a little bit more. And he has, but I want to see him continue to step up forward uh, in some of those bigger moments to be in this top three. Uh, Number three, I got Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen. Um, Excellent talent. Probably makes the dumbest decisions of any quarterback in the league. That's why I have him at three. He just 
The talent is insane, but some of the decisions he still makes are very similar to his early years in the league. Um, still, he's a great quarterback. I mean, he is more than enough to win a championship. Um, I just kind of worry about where the Bills sit as a team. They're getting very old. Um, and I don't think that they've put enough weapons around Josh Allen. Number two, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. Um, if you put Josh Allen here, I, I wouldn't be mad either. I have Joe Burrow. Um, great decision maker. Probably the best pocket passer in the league. I do want to see what he would look like in an offense without Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. Um, but he's fantastic. He is tough as nails. Um, just a really awesome player. Um, re- he's more of like an old school pocket passer versus than how you see some of these other guys in the league. Um, but he's great. But number one, I don't, I'm not even going to talk about it that much. He's in his own stratosphere. There's not a quarterback that's even close to as good as him. Um, that's Chiefs Patrick Mahomes. He is an insane talent. Occasionally makes some silly mistakes. Um, not to the extent of Josh Allen, but uh, he does make me question if this is a team game because some of the rosters he had, he should not have won a championship, including last year. So don't want to spend too much time on that. Um, that's my that's my ranking for uh starting quarterbacks in the league. Um, now, before we get my buddy Frank on, I do want to go ahead and do my NFL fantasy stardom sit-ums. Um, starts, their sleeper starts, and then sits uh, are probably guys who are on your team, um, more of your like traditional starters. So start, uh, my sleeper start quarterback, that's Jordan Love of the Packers going up against the Bears. Uh, not a great secondary. I like the weapons in Green Bay. I think he has a really nice day if you're looking to stream a quarterback. Running back, um, my sleeper running back is Jarek McKinnon on the Chiefs going up against the Lions this week. I think without, without Travis Kelsey, I think McKinnon is targeted heavily. I wouldn't be surprised if he saw over 10 targets. I think he could have a monster game. Uh, wide receiver, I got Brandon Cooks of the Cowboys going up against the Giants. Uh, the Giants showed a lot of cover one looks last year. I'm not sure if they'll be able to do that again. I assume they're going to look to bracket more C.D. Lamb. I think Brandon Cooks could have a huge Cowboy debut. Tight end, I'm going Ger- Gerald Everett um, going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, without, and I just want to make sure I'm like blanking out. I'm like, is Gerald Everett, he's... Okay, I totally blanked out. I did not mean to say Gerald Everett. I meant to say Tyler Higby. Uh, Tyler Higby of the Seahawks. Um, without Cooper Cup, I think Higby probably another guy who can get 10 targets. Um, could be a 15, 20-point game for him. Without Jamal Adams, I anticipate um, it's a pretty good matchup for him as well, so I like Higby. Um, defense special teams, I'd go with the Jags against the Colts. Inexperienced quarterback. Um, Jack's defense got better. I like the matchup. And then kicker, I like Joey Sly on the Commanders versus the Cardinals. Um, going up against a bad team, but I still anticipate in Sam Howell's like first true start that matters. Um, that they're probably not gonna put all their trust into him. I wouldn't be surprised if they settle for some uh field goals, get some good points there. Sit, and I know you can't afford to um sit all these guys, so I completely understand. But first, going quarterback Matthew Stafford versus the Chargers. Uh, versus the, versus the Seahawks. Um, I just don't trust Matthew Stafford without Cooper Cup. Um, like the player, just really don't like the um what's around him. And Seattle's secondary got even better. 
Running back, I'm going Joe Mixon versus Cleveland. That run defense uh, looks so much better, so much more improved. Um, I think the goal for Cleveland is going to be stop the run, uh, let Joe Burrow air it out, which not the greatest move, um, but I don't think Mixon has that high of potential this week. Wide receiver, really, really tough one, but I'm going Stephon Diggs. Um, Stephon Diggs going up against the Jets. He hasn't performed particularly well against the Jets last year. Um, I don't know if I want to trust him against either DJ Reed or uh, Sauce Gardner. I know it's hard. He's probably going to stay in your starting lineup. I just don't love it. Tight end, Dallas Goddard versus the Patriots. I always feel weird about playing guys when they're against the Patriots. Um, I just don't really love I, – I think they're going to do a really good job of bracketing him, um, kind of taking away that safety net for Jalen Hurts. I think it, that could be a very low-scoring game. Uh, defense slash special teams. I'm benching the Jets versus the Bills. I uh, just don't want to have any defense going up against an elite quarterback. And kicker, I'm going Brandon McManus uh, versus the Colts. Um, that is the Jaguars kicker. I just don't really trust um, – I don't really want to play a kicker who's going up against a bad team because normally uh, they're just kicking extra points. So that is NFL fantasy start and sit them. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and then, uh, my buddy Frank Frasco, he's going to be joining me. Um, we're going to be covering the AFC NFCs. So stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to red zone talk and welcome Frank Frasco to the show. How's it going? It is a pleasure, my friend. I'm very excited. Yeah. Appreciate you having on. Um, so first to start off the episode, um, Got to start off with, because I know you have a sports broadcasting background. You did some of it in school. Tell me about that, your favorite team, your favorite player. All right, so I grew up um, loving the trifecta of sports, in my opinion, basketball, baseball, and football, um, all for different reasons. I'm a big New York Giants fan. started watching the Giants when I was 10, the year before they won the Super Bowl back in 2007. Um, Then after that, I went to school at Seton Hall University. I was a part of the WSOU radio show. Uh, we would do talk show, play-by-play play, uh, for Seton Hall basketball, all the sports. Uh, but my favorite part of working for the radio station um, was doing the talk show that we'd have on Sunday nights, talking about college and also talking about the NFL, NBA, MLB. Um, did that for four years, was able to call a lot of good uh, basketball games. And it's funny, this, it has been, it's been a while since I've been on to talk football, so I'm very excited for it. Yeah, starting this thing up was great just because, you know, we've talked on a Disney podcast before, but uh, talking sports, it feels foreign for me and you to be doing, uh, being on a podcast talking that. It's definitely different, but it's a good difference. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's going to be, uh, it's good because the season starts this week, so get all the inf- information that we have for the teams and then just enjoy the games. Exactly. And favorite Giants player? Um. My first Giants jersey was Tiki Barber, so I would probably have him as my like all-time favorite just because of that like memory. But you have to go Eli. I I just I love you, Eli. Fair, fair, fair. Cool. Um, obviously Frank was a perfect addition for the show this week because, uh, as everyone knows, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, and Frank is a Giants fan. And Sunday Night Football, I mean, what better way to kick it off than Cowboys Giants? So I can. Uh, we'll try not to get too snippy in here. I mean, we got. A plenty of other teams to talk about too, but uh, it works out pretty perfectly. Um, so let's start off, Frank. AFC, NFC East, favorite moves. Um, we'll start off on the AFC side. Um, 
And yeah, let's get into it. So let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Your favorite move they made this offseason. I think their best move was re-signing uh, Jordan Poyer and Matt Milano. Um, they have a strong defensive side of the ball. I think re-signing them was probably the best thing that they could do. Um, I think defense is something that they really pride themselves on. Um, so I would go for the Bills, Poyer, and Milano getting re-signed. Okay. All right. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, those are definitely huge moves. I mean, I know there was probably some concern that Porter doesn't, you know, go back. Uh, Matt Milano has been great. So they definitely anchor the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm a big draft guy, so I feel like I always lean towards some draft things. And with the Bills, uh, my favorite was drafting Osiris Torrance in the second round, guard out of Florida. Um, their offensive line has been pretty spotty. I'm, I really liked Osiris coming out. Uh, wanted him as a cowboy did not happen. Um, feel like he is like one of the sa- I thought he was one of the safest picks in the draft. Pretty surprised he fell. Um, anchors the offensive line, so I'm always a fan of uh, of just pounding it, making sure your offensive line is as a uh, as strong as possible. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, they've been right around reaching the Super Bowl for the last couple of years and having a strong offensive line um, for Josh Allen, you know, the way that he runs with the ball and he gives me a heart attack whenever he runs with the ball because he, he, he could easily get hurt. Um, that's very important. So it's important to build from the offensive line. So yeah, that was a good move they made in the draft. For sure. For sure. Uh, finishing second, Miami Dolphins. Your right. favorite pick. Um, I would say my favorite pick was uh, them trading for Jalen Ramsey back in March. I think that just kind of solidifies that defense. Um, they made a couple other good moves as well, um, but I think that would be my favorite. Um, because I, I'm a big proponent of you have to start on the defensive side of the ball and to have a strong, experienced uh, defensive player like Ramsey. I think that's a good move for them. Yeah, I agree. I also have the same move. Um, it sucks that Ramsey's hurt and, probably going to miss most of the season. Uh, However, I'm taking that out of the equation. Still the move. I mean, they got Ramsey for a third round pick. Um, Still pretty clearly a top 10 quarterback, a cornerback. You could argue top five. Um, To only get him for a third round pick. I mean, I'll take that pay his contract any day. I think the Dolphins just overall this offseason, I just loved their whole draft. Uh, not their whole draft. Their draft was good, too. They're, everything they did in the offseason, I think they stacked up a really good roster. Um, I think right now the biggest question is, like, can they stay healthy? Because a guy like Ramsey, they, they've already lost for a majority of the season. So it'll be interesting to see how that team can stay healthy throughout. Yeah, and, you know, they got the new defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. So um, I think his experience, he's going to know and play with the strengths that he will find. Um, throughout the season, but yeah, losing Ramsey, but still picking him up was a, a big, and we we're hoping that he comes back as soon as possible. Yeah, exactly. And Vic Fangio also a huge move. I mean, to get one of the best defensive coordinators in the league um, behind, I I love Mike McDaniel's as a as a head coach and kind of call plays on the offensive side of the ball. I think they're a really well coached team, and also Vic Fangio kind of adds some. Uh, some experience to the coaching staff with Mike McDaniel being a first time head coach. So yeah, um, for sure. He'll, he'll need I'll, that like later on in the season, like the, you know, final six to eight games, he'll need that experience. Absolutely. And especially if that's when you're getting Ramsey back, I think that'll be a, uh, that'll be big. Um, all right, let's go to 
Foxborough and the New England Patriots. Um, I hate to bring this up. Um, I was doing a lot of research on the Pats. My brother is a big Pats fan. I didn't see a lot of moves that I really liked. I think the the most um, the most iconic move that they made this offseason was picking up Zeke. I apologize, Paul. I know you're a Cowboys fan. Um, oh, I'm totally okay with okay, it. Okay, yeah. I will let them have it. I'm assuming you are. That's what yes. I would say. Um, I'm not sure how, how that's going to work with Ramondre, um, but Zeke can always help an offense. I think uh, they made a couple of weird moves. They released Zappi. Um, they picked the Matt Corral from uh, Carolina. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what uh, Mac Jones can do with that offense. But I would say just picking up Zeke, an, an experienced uh, veteran running back, is probably their best move they've made. Yeah, I I hate Bill Belichick, the uh, front office guy or the the guy to play GM. I it's hitting a point where like I I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two we're talking about Bill Belichick on the hot seat just because of what they do in the off season. I just I don't think he ever. And I know it's not all him, but I don't think they have put together a talented enough team to really compete since losing Brady. Um, and it does make you think, like, I don't think Tom's teams are always, at least on the offensive side of the ball, they weren't always the most talented. They just had the luxury of having the best quarterback in NFL history. Um, I think you're starting to see them struggle without, you know, post-Tom. Um, and obviously a big part of that comes down to just the quarterback play. Obviously, Mac Jones. I just did a full, before you join the show, a ranking of every quarterback in the league. Uh, and I had Mac as my QB 24. Okay. So that's also not very helpful when you have that as a, the guy leading the ship on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I am go there. One move I did really like uh, back to the draft. I really liked, they traded back from 14 to 17 and got Christian Gonzalez cornerback out of Oregon. Um, he was my top rated corner in the draft. So I was a huge fan of the move. Um, very unlike the Patriots. I feel like they always kind of come out of nowhere and draft these no-name guys. Yeah. Um, but Christian Gonzalez, I mean, he, he was a stud at Oregon, really like his play. Um, I know they lost J.C. Jackson a few years back. I think Christian Gonzalez will be a stud. Um, so I, I don't I don't have any worries about the defense. It's really just the offensive side of the ball. They just have not touched. Um, and they, they really need to at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think right now um, what we're seeing is that we just don't have a lot of weapons in New England. And I think once they get weapons for Mac, maybe he'll progress a little bit more. But just like Brady had those last couple of years in New England, he didn't really have a lot of help. He kind of created weapons. That's his whole storyline is that he created like these Wes Walker type of players. Um, so we'll, we'll see what Mac does with the weapons that he currently has. For sure. For sure. Let's round it off. I feel like we're probably both going to have the same answer for this one, but the New York Jets. All right. So um, I just want to preface that I've watched a couple episodes. Of, I still haven't finished it, but I've watched a couple episodes of Hard Knock, Hard Knocks training camp for the New York Jets. Um, obviously, the biggest move that they made this offseason was picking up Aaron Rodgers. And um, with that, getting Cobb and Lazard to head over to uh, the metropolitan area of New York. Um, but from watching Hard Knocks, I really like um, their pick that they made in the draft, Will McDonald. I think he's explosive as a defensive end. I think he's going to add that mix that Salah loves, um, Salah being a defensive guy himself. Um, he already loves Will McDonald. So I would put Will McDonald as my uh, my favorite pick from what I saw 
um, during training camp with the New York Jets. That's a that's an interesting one. Um, I also liked Will McDonald. I was not expecting him to go as early as he did, um, but definitely a guy with a lot of uh, a lot of fire in his game. Comes off the edge really fast, really quick. Um, I'm still gonna I, and I kind of like down Aaron Rodgers like ten minutes ago. I'm still gonna go with trading for Aaron Rodgers. I think just the value of a quarterback is obviously like you you just can't beat it. Um, and I mean, they still got a, you know, a legendary quarterback, even still at where he is right now. Um, I still think he is plenty good enough to, you know, lead that team to a championship. Um, and the question mark becomes what the offensive playmakers around him look like. I think losing Elijah Moore was, it's going to hurt a lot more than people probably think. Um, I love Elijah Moore. I've gone on said how big of a fan I am. I think what they gave him up for to wasn't worth losing him. Um, they've had, you know, they've dealt with some injuries. So I still think trading for Aaron Rodgers because this team is in the best place it's probably been maybe in our lifetime. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to keep the basic one. Go Rodgers. <laughs> that's that's a good move, you know? Yeah. Keep it simple. But all right. The NFC East, the bread and butter for us. Yes. Uh, starting off with the worst fan base team city in the entire universe, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, what's your What's your favorite move for that? Uh, I don't want to be too mean. That dumpster fire of the city, though. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate Philly. I there's no I growing up like I I didn't care for the uh for the Red Sox as a Yankees fan, but like when it comes to the Eagle, I just Oh, it just makes me vomit. Just the, even just the thought of them. Yeah, I mean, I would. I have, to and go. I know you live with one, but he's actually a good one. So he, <laughs> he doesn't he count. Is. No, he is. He's one of the anomalies. Um, I would say, you know, this is a quarterback-driven league. So you know, signing Hurts to a five-year, two hundred fifty-five million contract extension through twenty twenty-eight was probably their best move that they made off-season. I think their best draft move was uh, was acquiring uh, Carter um, from yep. Georgia. Um, from what I've seen, what I've read, he's neck and neck with Quinn Williams for the best defensive tackle that pro football focus has prospected since uh, the early 2010s. Um, so I think there's a lot of a lot of uh, hype around that defense, as it usually is. But I would still go Jalen Hurts just because what he brought to the team. I don't think he's the best quarterback in the league. I think $255 million is a lot of money. Um, but definitely with the weapons that he has, I think he can succeed. And we saw that last year for them. Absolutely. Yeah. And anytime you can extend your quarterback, I mean, you're, you're a winner in my book. Um, So yeah, I agree. My favorite move though is drafting Jalen Carter. I mean, I think he was probably the best player in this draft class. Obviously he had some um, off the field issues that people were questioning. Um, I'm not a fan of doubting talent. There's obviously some stuff that can be worrisome, but I think it hits a point in the draft where if the best player is on the board, literally out of any player, um, I think a team like the Cardinals should have went and got him. I think a team like the Raiders should have went ahead and got him. Like, yeah, I mean, for the it pains me that the Eagles got him because I mean the potential for him is through the roof. I mean, he probably is one of the best defensive tackle prospects in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, he's that good. Yeah. So it sucks to say that that they got him, but um, great move for the Eagles. Uh, they, I mean, Howie Roseman. In the draft, he always kind of deals. Um, 
So yeah, big big move for Jalen Carter. It's be a long uh, next like five to ten years for us. And then yeah, East. yeah, it is, it is. But on the on the bright side for any other NFC East fan, because I and I we'll talk about this a little bit later when we give our predictions for seeds and everything. Um, a majority of the folks who follow Red Zone uh, Red Zone Talk on Instagram voted the Eagles for the division. Um, I think people are probably higher on the Eagles than they should be. I do think that offensive line is getting older. I think the defensive line is getting some older pieces. I think, obviously, Darius Slay is getting older. It hits a point where guys do drop off. I think they are just bound to have a star drop off. Um, on top of just, like, there's always going to be, like, when you lose a Super Bowl, it's just tough to bounce back and be as good as you were. Yeah. I mean, I think the Bengals last year were an anomaly that they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game and almost looked like they were going back-to-back, but it's very, very rare. Um, Not to say they won't be good, but I think that, like, everyone's kind of, like, expecting them to just run through the NFC. I don't think that's actually going to be the case. I think there's going to be... Um, some regression coming from them this year. And it's funny you mentioned Slay. I mean, the two-year contract extension, same with Bradbury on a three-year contract. I mean, these guys are, you know, I don't want to say they're on the decline, but eventually they're going to hit that decline. And then the Eagles won't be the Eagles that everyone talked about last year. I think slowly they're going to be going down into not mediocrity, but taking them off the cliff and the the height that we put them on for the last couple of years. I think getting Jalen Carter is not going to help with that for Giants and Cowboys and uh, Commanders fans. But uh, yeah, I totally agree with you for there. Yeah, there, there's, there's going to be some, uh, some struggles that people probably aren't prepared to see. Um, But you hear, you heard it here first. So um, (laughs) don't be surprised. All right. My Dallas Cowboys. I want to know what is your favorite move that the Cowboys made? Ooh, um, there's a lot. I think on the defensive side of the ball, they made a lot of great moves. Um, I think my favorite move was them getting Stephen Gilmore from the Colts, you know, the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I, I think that coupled with Brent getting Brandon Cooks for uh, $20 million for two years from the Texans, um, they only gave up two fifth-round picks and a 2024 sixth-round pick combined for both Gilmore and Cook. So I would personally say I'm a defensive guy. I love defense. So I would personally say Gilmore. Um, and I think that just really helps um, helps the cornerback, uh, the CB2, and helps Diggs um, just give, gives him another weapon that he could succeed with. Yeah, I, I have the same. I have uh, both the Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore acquisition. I mean, for me, my as a Cowboy fan, my two biggest question marks were Wide receiver two and cornerback two. Um, and the Cowboys get much needed speed they have not had in years. They get a guy who is probably a cornerback one on the majority of teams who now is their CB2. Um, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried for the cliff to fall off for Gilmore. I do think like he probably won't be as good as he was in New England. I think there's good. With all that being said, the bright side is like he doesn't have to follow wide receiver ones like he has his whole career. I mean, to go play opposite Trevon, uh, yeah, Trevon, <laughs> Stefan, opposite of Trayvon Diggs, I think Diggs Gilmore make up a really, really good cornerback duo. Um, I know I'm a Cowboy fan, so it's gonna sound like I'm a homer here, but I think most people are too low on the Cowboys. I didn't love their draft. I'll be the first person to admit that. I do think most draft classes, though, normally take 
two to three years anyways to really see the payoff. That's why I'm not really worried in terms of this year. Future is a little different. Um, but those two moves, I think, are tremendous. I mean, they're already a 12-5 and five team, and they got even better um, without really having any major losses this offseason. Yeah, I mean, you, you got rid of Zeke. That had been something that you guys have been talking about for a long time. I think uh, keeping Pollard with the tag, I think that's a good move. I think that's, it's still a question, right? Do they need more help on the running back side? Um, losing Schultz for the tight end, I think that's going to be interesting for you. Um, that storyline of who's going to step up. Um, for the tight end position. Um, so still some questions on the offensive side of the ball, but defense, I feel like for the NFL, defense starts first. So to get those guys and get another weapon for Dak is uh, really important. Yeah, I agree. I've kind of been in the the mindset that this team is going to lead by the defense. I think I saw a tweet um, from DJ Reed on the Jets saying they think that the Jets could be the closest thing to the Legion of Boom or um, the you know old school Bears. I think the best defense in the league it has to be the Cowboys. I think they're just so de- – I mean, their backup defensive line is a starting defensive line for most teams. Their yeah. secondary is like – like some of the moves they made, I would have never even expected because it's unlike Jerry to just pay that much depth. Um, the offense, I think, will still be good. I think it is more than capable of still winning a championship. Obviously not as strong as it maybe was in 2020 or 2021 when – Amari was also there. Um, and when you kind of had Zeke a little bit younger and not in his prime, but more efficient than he was last year with Pollard. Um, I know I hate, I hate sounding like the Cowboy fan that like gets all riled up. Cause I'm normally the negative Nancy <laughs> who's like, this season's going to suck, but I feel good about him. But all right, let's move on. Let's go to your New York football giants. As a giants fan, your favorite move. You have to go with Darren Waller. Um, I think, solidifying that tight end slash I'm mean, pretty much a wide receiver. It's it's weird saying that he's a tight end because he's probably going to be your wide receiver one. Um, I, I think that's probably the best move that you can make. Um, a couple other ones I really like. Um, Dexter Lawrence, we re-signed him, picking up Bobby Okereke. Um, there was really no continuity last year at inside linebacker um, for the Giants. So just to have that figure to come in and to bring that continuity is going to be really important. Um, the, the one that had the most headlines, I, I listened to sports radio in New York um, every day, the Michael K show. Um, the one that was talked about the, this entire year was, are, are you going to sign Daniel Jones? They did four years, 160. Um, do I agree with it? Um, paying him that much? I really think that he set the market price. Uh, a guy, uh, his caliber, like I would say a top 17 quarterback getting paid 40 a, a year, I think was a little high. Um, I think it also hurt Barkley. Um, for him getting signed uh, just a little over $11 million. Um, so I, I would say my favorite is Darren Waller. The one that's going to get talked about for the next couple of years, though, is the guy who's going to be throwing the ball to Darren Waller, and that's Daniel Jones. Fair, fair. Uh, in terms of your favorite move, I always also agree with Darren Waller. I think um, Daniel Jones was best in short and intermediate throws, and I think – Darren Waller and intermediate throws like he's going to just tear defenses apart. Um, I think my, I think the giants in the NFC East probably had the best offseason of any team. However, I still think they'd regress a little bit. Um, and we'll talk about this when we get into our seating. I think the giants are placed perfectly for the future. They nailed the draft. They had one of my favorite draft classes. They did so much good. 
I just don't have the trust in Daniel Jones. Um, I also don't trust the fact that there's not a wide receiver one that exists. Like it's great to have the tight end one, but very few teams make it work where like you really have the chiefs and that's it where it's like, you just have the tight end one. Um, Waller still great move, like absolutely warranted. Um, I think though next year, I mean, if you're going to see, I think in mocks, even as early as now, like everyone's going to mock a wide receiver to the giants. Um, they're yeah. going to need an outside receiver, an outside wide receiver at some point. Um, it's not a ba- going to be a bad regression, though. I think it'll be a regression where I can see the Giants like being on the cusp of making the playoffs, just missing as like an eight and nine, nine and eight team. Um, I do think that they hit some points in last season where they got to beat good teams while good teams were struggling. Um, the Packers had a really slow start. The Giants got to yeah. beat them. Yep. Ravens were kind of like up and down. They went on a losing streak. Giants beat them as part of that losing streak. Yes. Um, but then you kind of saw the Giants flake out at the end of the season with, um, I, I'm pretty sure the Lions, they got beat pretty badly. End of the season, you know, Eagles kind of tear them apart. Um, yep. So I think the team's in good shape. I think the draft was great. Deion ba- uh, Deontay Banks loved the pick yes. there. Yeah. Uh, love John Michael Schmidt. Um, great to get a center. Uh, Jalen Haya, I'm still like, I love the value of the player. I just, I need to see the Giants take more shots downfield to make it worthwhile because, and I'm sure that's part of the pick is like, you want to take shots downfield. That's why you go get a guy like Jalen Hyatt. Um, I just need to see it to make it worthwhile, but um, slight regression. Do love the Darren Waller pick. I still think they're going to be very competitive. I just think for me, they're a team that like is just on the outside looking in. Um, but I don't think that's a bad thing for the position they are in. I think what might end up happening is they, I think there's a two year out in Daniel Jones contract. I think that's going to be a heavy talking point yes. going into 2024. But if he's also like, if Daniel Jones takes the step forward, he needs to, like, I would be surprised if they win the division. I, to me, it all falls on Daniel Jones' shoulders. I don't really have many question marks outside of wide receiver one and the quarterback. I agree. I mean, wide receiver one, as I said, it's pretty much tight end one. Um, they re-signed Hodgins and Slayton. Um, these are guys that, I mean, Hodgins really showed who he was last year. Um, so they actually signed him. They re-signed Slayton. And these guys, Slayton's been in the program for the last couple of years. So, um but I don't see any of them as a wide receiver one. Um, I, I know Shepard took a big pay cut to still be with the Giants. We I don't know what he's going to be. Um, we cut Kenny Galladay, thank God. That was a really bad move. Um, and I, I think the reason why we're saying that there's still a playoff contender, you know, the 8-9, um, is because of the coach. It's because of Dable. Um, oh, for sure. So I think if you don't have Dable – it would be much different. And I think to have that continuity at coach is really important for this team. Um, everyone loves the coach. Um, everyone loves Dable. Uh, Shane, they love Shane as the GM. Um, I think Schmitz is going to really set that offensive tone um, for the line as center. I think he's a strong, I mean, when I saw him in the draft, I'm like, this guy is just going to be a tank. He has that animal in him. Um, yeah, so he think, was probably the number one ranked center. It was shocking that he even fell that far. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited to see what the line does with um him being a young leader for the team. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. You, know, you also got Paris Campbell, you know, so that's going to be another uh, option for us. So we'll see what Daniel Jones has with, I would say, a pretty solid slate of receivers. Sure, sure, sure. All right, let's round it off with the NFC East. Um, Washington Commanders. 
All right, so the Commanders. They had a lot happen this offseason. Um, they sold the team to Josh Harris and his group. And that's probably the best move, honestly, if, if we're being honest. Dan Snyder leaving? Yeah, probably. 24 years as the owner. Um, I think Rivera letting go of Scott Turner um, for the Commanders is probably another really big move that has nothing to do with pl- uh, players. The team was ranked 24th in the league last year in scoring. Um, and then bringing in Biennemi after his five-year slate in Kansas City. Oh, I completely forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, well, there's just been a lot of controversy about that, how he's going to handle the team, um, how Rivera's going to support him as his OC. Um, I think the biggest, I, I wouldn't say it wasn't a signing, obviously, the biggest question mark is going to be Sam Howell. Um, he only had one start last year against your Cowboys. Um, yep. He had a Played touchdown. really well. He did. He had a touchdown and interception over the win. Um, but I would say... The best move, I would say, would just would just be getting the new owner. <laughs> it's funny uh, to say that, but also getting the new owner and then getting a new offensive coordinator to see uh, what Biennemi can do. I know he's been a, a coach that everyone's saying he, he deserves a head coaching spot. Well, let's, let's see how he does with the commanders. If he can turn them around into a, a, a good team. It's, this is probably the most competitive, if not the most competitive division in football. One of the best divisions, I think, in all of sports. I love the NFC East. Um, so I, I really am excited to see, I think, all four teams uh, compete and do well in some capacity. For sure. Yeah, I think every NFC team will be fun to watch. Um, bouncing off what you were saying about the Commanders, I couldn't agree more. Ownership change. I mean, Dan Snyder was the worst owner in probably football. Um, Eric Bieniemy totally forgot about it. Great pickup. I don't buy all the people hating on him as an OC. I mean, Listen, he got to sit behind Andy Reid for years. Um, I'll take any small issues to have one of the – what probably will be one of the best offensive coordinators in football. Um, before even for remembering all that happened, I had extending Deron, uh, Deron Payne. Big fan of just boosting the offensive, lo- uh, offensive defensive line. Um, when you have an elite defensive tackle, it really makes a difference. Um, I didn't love from a player personnel standpoint like what they really did this offseason – um, I do like the ownership move. I like the offensive coordinator move. Um, didn't really care for their draft. I feel like they're in a spot where, like, when we look in 2024, if Sam Howell didn't pan out, um, I think with a really stacked quarterback class, like, they're probably a shoe in for a quarterback. Yeah, definitely. All right. Moving on. Let's now get into um, predicting each playoff spot AFC NFC. So. And I, I also have – maybe I'll start off with this. I had a poll posted um, – I had a poll posted on the Red Zone Talk podcast of who everyone predicted to win the division. I'm going to rattle off those first. Okay. Then, Frank, we'll go to you. We'll see who you have predicted by each seed, um, one to seven on both sides, and then I'll go as well. And uh, and we'll see. What, what do we all – what do we have? All right. Um, and I'm just writing here the, the timestamp so that way everyone knows where to catch this part. Um, so let me get into it. And I don't want to spend too much time on just talking about what the what the podcast uh, Instagram said. But um, AFC West division winner, uh, 91% picked Chiefs, 9% picked Raiders. That was my cousin who was a Raiders fan. So not really surprised <laughs> to see the Chiefs really leading that. Um, yeah. NFC West, 82% picked 49ers. 18% picked Seahawks. 
Um, I'm very surprised by that because I think there's a lot more question marks in San Francisco than people think there are, um, specifically with the quarterback play. Um, I like Brock Purdy, but like, what does year two look like for him? Um, the AFC North was pretty split amongst. I had 50% Bengals, 33% Ravens, 8% Steelers, 8% Browns. Not really surprised. That's to me, I actually have them as the top ranked defense in the um in the league. Okay. So not surprised at all. all right, the top ranked defense, the top ranked division in the league. Not really surprised at all. Um there by the results of just like being pretty all over the place. Um NFC North, Lions 55%, Packers 18%, 27% Vikings. No super surprise there. I don't think anyone really knows with Rogers gone. Um AFC South. 100% Jaguars. Um, totally understand that. Uh, NFC South, uh, 45% voted Saints, 45% Falcons, 9% Buccaneers. Um, probably going to be a pretty bad division. Um, then going over to the AFC East, uh, 58% Bills, 17% Dolphins, 25% Jets. I'm a little surprised there. I really would have thought the splits were um, a little bit more even there, especially yeah. with Rogers in New York. Um, so we'll see. And then lastly, uh, this one disappointed me as a Cowboy fan, but the NFC East had 8% Cowboys, which was just me voting, 75% Eagles, 17% Giants. Um, a little surprised there with how, uh, how everyone picked, but um, we'll see. All right, Frank, start with the AFC. Uh, quickly talk me through one through seven. How do you have the AFC played out this year? All right, so AFC. I'm going to start off by having my one seed as the Chiefs. I think they have really kept most of their big names. Um, I think the Reed-Mahomes combo is so strong. So I'm going to have them winning the division um, as the one seed. For my two seed, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, I think what they did, um, that trio – best trio of wide receivers in the league right now, Jamar Chase, D. Haken, Tyler Boyd. Um, I think their defense that was ranked sixth in the league last year, it's going to be a tough unit to crack. So I, I really think uh, for my number two, I'm going to have the division winner of the Bengals. Um, my third is going to be the Jaguars. Um, I think the Jaguars are going to surprise a lot of people. I think um, coming from probably the worst division um at least in the AFC, um, they're going to be really rolling um, through the AFC South. Um, I think they're going to have a really strong um, record in that division. I think they're going to come in. I, I really have strong hopes for uh, the progression of Trevor Lawrence. I have them as the three and the division uh, winners. Four, I'm going to go with the Jets. Um, I think the Jets are going to win the division. I think they are going to have um, some issues, though, being in that tough conference, even uh, excuse me, division, um, even a team like the Patriots causes the Jets strife. So I think that they are going to win the division. Um, de- really depends on how healthy Aaron Rodgers is going to be. Um, so we will see with that. I think right behind them as the five seed, it's going to be a frustrating year for the Bills fans. I have Buffalo Bills as the five seed. Um I think they're going to be neck and neck with New York throughout the entire season. I just think that if you have a healthy Aaron Rodgers, which is what I'm hoping for, 
Um, for the sake of the Jets, for the sake of New York, I think it'll be really great to have him healthy. Um, I'm going to have the Bills at five. Um, I think you have to have the Ravens as six. Um, really all depends on the uh, the health of Lamar Jackson and what he does with those weapons that he has. And lastly, seven was tough for me um, because there's so many teams that can make it. Um, do I put three AFC East teams in the playoffs, um, just like the NFC East was last year? Um, I am. I'm going to put the Dolphins as seven. Um, I think the Dolphins, we're talking about them. I, I think, again, just like most of the teams, it really depends on uh, the quarterback. But I think Tua, with um, the extension for his contract, um, we'll see when Jalen Ramsey comes back. I think they have still that solid offense. Um, love McDaniels. Um, love, Fangio, love Fangio coming in, helping out that defense. I think they're going to have a strong presence. And th- th- that's the division I'm going to have three of them um, making the playoffs. All right. I love it. I love it. Um, I got a lot of similar teams, but in completely different spots. Um, so I got one. I got the Baltimore Ravens. I think they nailed the offseason. They gave Lamar the weapons he needs. Um, got a massive upgrade on the offensive coordinator. Love what the Ravens did. Two, I got the Chiefs. I think there's going to be a little bit more struggles this year, especially with Travis Kelsey uh, now dealing with an injury. Um, little, not completely worried about them, but a little bit. Uh, three, I also have the Jaguars. Uh, piece of cake division. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jags go and become the one seed just based off the fact that they can go 6-0 and in the division. Um, number four, I'm going to go way off. I'm going the Dolphins winning the division. Okay. Um, I think they are actually the best roster in the AFC East. I think if they can get Ramsey... Uh, a little bit earlier than expected, maybe in like November, I think they're going to make a serious push and win that division. I think when Ramsey is there, I think they match up really well against uh, both the uh, Bills and Jets. So I'm having the Dolphins take it. I've been on this Dolphins hype train. Um, I think they're they're really, really good roster. Number five, I'm going the Bengals um, for all the reasons you said. I just I can't see them winning the division again. I also just like what the Ravens did a little bit more. So I, but still make it as the top wildcard team. Um, six, I'm going the Browns. I love what the Browns did. I'm not a Deshaun Watson fan, but I think their roster is really, really good. Um, and I think if Deshaun Watson plays at the level he's played before, I think they could even win the division. Um, I think the, I think the AFC North is going to be really, really good. Oh yeah. Um, number seven, I'm going with the Bills. I do think the Bills have some regression. I think they just sneak their way in. Um, little worried that just like so many teams got a lot better, and I don't think they did enough. Um, so with my one to seven, you probably notice I don't have the Jets making the playoffs. Um, I I yes, think they're pink. good. I I think that they probably will make the playoffs. Space. I think. Uh, I think there's always one major injury, and not not that I'm predicting or wishing it on any team i could see them being a team that needs a major injury in order to make it um i think they probably finish as the eighth seed i'm just not sold on the jets like most are i think their offense has a lot more um not the offense is gonna be bad but i don't think the offense is maybe as like tied up in a bow as like we maybe think because rogers is there okay there you go all right nfc 
And we're going to try and make this quick because me and Frank both have a fantasy draft in about 15 minutes. Frank, go ahead. One right. to seven. One through seven. Okay. Um, number one, it's not a surprise. I still, even though we talked about them on the decline, eventually I still have to buy into the hype. I have number one is the Eagles. Two, the winner of the NFC West is going to be the Niners. Uh, three, I have the Lions winning the division. This is my underdog team. This is a team that I love to watch last year. I love what they did. Um, big Dan Campbell guy. Love this team. So I have them win the, winning the uh, NFC North. Um, four, someone has to win that division down in the south of, of the NFC. I have the Saints winning that division. I think the Derek Carr pickups is interesting. I'm excited to see what that team does. Five, I have the Cowboys. I think they're going to be in it um, throughout the entire season against the Eagles. I just give the edge to the Eagles. I have Cowboys as a fifth seed. Um, I love the Seahawks team out in the West. Um, I think that they're really strong. Um, I think they're on the come up for sure. So I have them at six. And then finally, a team that lost to my Giants. I do not have the Giants in the playoffs this year. I have the Vikings, the team that lost to the Giants. I have two teams in the NFC North. Um, like what the, the Vikings have done, um, so far this off season. Um, and I think that they're a strong enough team that they'll make a second going and maybe cause a little magic in the playoffs. So I'm going to go Eagles, Niners, Lions, Saints, Cowboys as the first pick um, outside the division, six Seahawks, seven Vikings. All right. All right. Frank, do you remember the last time there was a repeat NFC East champion? I believe it was the Eagles in 2003, 2004. It's been that is correct. And guess what? History ain't repeating itself this year. (laughs) NFC number one, I'm going the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) I think they have the best roster in the NFC. Um, I think the Eagles, I think they had a great draft. I think they lost some key players. Uh, Javon Hargrave. Um, I think they lost both their coordinators. I think they have a slight regression. I think the Cowboys take it back. Um, after having an excellent offseason. Number two, I actually have the Detroit Lions. I think they have a pretty easy schedule. I think that I wasn't expecting them to put them at two, but based off the schedule, I think it just fits really well. Um, I probably don't love them as much as everyone, but I think they they have a great offensive line. They got weapons. When Jared Goff has protection, he's been pretty good um, going to the Lions. Three, I've been high on them all offseason. I'm going the Seattle Seahawks to win the NFC West. All I right. think they killed it in the draft. They go and get the best wide receiver in the draft to add to an already great wide receiver core. They add a sixth overall pick at cornerback. Their secondary is stacked now. They're going to get Jamal Adams back. Love, love, love Seattle. I would not be surprised if Seattle's a Super Bowl team. I think they're that good. Um Number four, you're right. Some team has to win it. I hate all the teams. I don't think any of the teams are particularly good. Um, Go on the Saints. Five, based off the strength of schedule, the Lions have a weak schedule. It means the Bears are going to have an equally weak schedule. Go on the Chicago Bears. Didn't even think I was going to put them in the playoffs. Um, But just based off strength of schedule, I think that um, Justin Fields doesn't need to have this crazy leap to make it. I just think uh, ease of schedule kind of helped them. Six, I'm going the Eagles. Only reason I'm going with six with Philly is just the schedule is a little bit more difficult for them. I expect some regression, um, but still anticipate them being a playoff team. And then seven, just barely sneaking in. I do have the 49ers. Um, that, that roster is too talented to not make the playoffs. I just have some concerns on the offensive side of the ball. All right. I really love the Seahawks pick. Um, 
yeah, I, th- I think it's really between them and the Niners. I just gave the edge to the Niners just because of all that talent, but I really like that pick. Yeah, total. I total. I get it too. I get it too. Um, but there's always there's always like fifty percent of division winners don't win it again. So I just want to take that into consideration. And if I'm gonna pick the 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 teams that are gonna spoil, um, I feel good about those. But all right, let's ramble it off really quickly. First time that we're doing it on this podcast, and I'm pumped for it because it means football's back, baby. NFL Week One pickums. Frank, Chiefs, Lions. Who are you going with? We're going with the Chiefs. Yes, I also got the Chiefs. Falcons, Panthers. We are going with the Falcons. I also have the Falcons winning that one. Uh, Browns, Bengals. I like Joey B. I'm going with the Bengals. I'm taking the upset. I'm actually going to Sean Watson. I'm going with the Browns. Jaguars, Colts. We are going with Trevor Lawrence. I talked him up uh, on this podcast with the Jaguars. Yeah, you're a madman if you're not taking the Jaguars. I'm also going Jags. Bucks, Vikings. Um, I, I don't have any faith out in Tampa Bay right now. Uh, Mike Evans wants to leave Tampa Bay, so I'm going to go with the Vikings. I am actually going to go with an upset here. I'm taking Vikes, Bucks over Vikings. I think the Vikings defense is just still really, really poor. Um, I think the Bucks are able to just sneak by in this one. I don't think they're going to be very good, but I do think they sneak by and upset uh, Minnesota. Titans Saints. We didn't really talk about the Titans at all this podcast. Um, oh, we haven't. We have we not. Haven't. Um, I, I do think that they're going to be better than the Saints right now. I think that the Saints division is so bad. I have the Titans being the Saints. Yes, I agree. I also have that Titans. Uh, I think the Titans defense is going to make it a really rough uh, debut for Derek Carr. I got the Titans. Steelers 49ers. Ooh, I think it's in Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I believe with, it's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and they have a strong home, home opener record. I'm going to go with the Steelers being the Niners. I love it because uh, it's obviously a major upset, and I'm also going the same way. Um, I know they're they're dealing with some injuries. Nick Bosa is doesn't seem like he's going to be ready. Uh, George Kittle also might not be ready. Um, I think it it feels perfect for a Steelers uh, Steelers upset. Commanders Cardinals, the dumpster fire of the weekend. Ooh, um, I'm going to go with the Commanders just for the NFC East. So let's see what Sam Howell's about. Yeah, I agree. I think Commanders also uh, pull away the win. Rams, Texans. Ooh, um, let's see what the Rams can do. You know, they've had a... a Ravens, Texans. Sorry, Ravens, Texans. Ravens, Texans. Uh, excuse me. Um, Ravens, Texans. I'm going to go with uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Yes, I got Ravens. I think they're going to be the best team in the AFC. They take the win. Bears, Packers. Let's see what Jordan loves about. I'm going to be going with the Packers. Ooh, I like that. I almost took the Packers too, um, but I did pick the Bears winning the division. I think it starts now. I think uh, we're going to see an improved Bears offense. Uh, I'm taking the Bears. Broncos Raiders. I am excited to see what Sean Payton has done to that Broncos team. Uh, last year was really rough. I'm going to go with the Broncos. Yes, I'm also taking the Broncos. I think Russ has a, a bounce-back year. I think he's going to be pretty good sticking with the Broncos. Eagles-Patriots. I think the Patriots are not ready for this season. I think their Eagles run all over them. Yeah, I, I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the defense of the Patriots will hold them up. Um, I still have the Eagles sneaking by. They're, they're just the better team. Chargers-Dolphins. Oh, I'm going to go with the Dolphins for that one. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going on the flip side. I'm going the Chargers. I do like the Dolphins a lot. 
Um, I just can't see the Dolphins secondary stopping the loads of weapons. Um, so I'm going Chargers. Seahawks, Rams. We've talked them up this podcast. I'm going to have to go with the Seahawks. Also going Seattle. Um, Sunday night football, the mecca of events this weekend. <laughs> Cowboys, Giants, who are you going with? We'll be watching together. I'll be rooting for the Giants. And I do think the Giants uh, pull up, pull off the upset. Yeah, I'm not going to go to the Giants. Uh, I love my Cowboys. Well, I would pick the Giants if I truthfully thought about it. Um, I do think it's going to be a much closer game than probably I ex- initially expected. I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle. I got the Cowboys in this one. Um, Monday Night Football, to round off the week, Jets-Bills. Oh, this is going to be such a great game. It's going to set the, the tone for the rest of the season for this division. I have Aaron Rodgers getting the dub for this first regular season win of his Jets career, and I think the Jets are going to win. I also have the Jets winning. I think uh, going to be some rust with Josh Allen. Don't think he's looked particularly great in the preseason. Um, but, hey, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, I also have the Jets winning. Frank, it's been a pleasure, buddy. Really appreciate you coming on. Good luck to the Giants on Sunday. Good luck to the Cowboys. Um, yeah, appreciate it. Can't wait to finally watch Cowboys Giants with you. Feels like it's been uh, forever waiting to happen. But we've uh, been in the same weekend... stadium at MetLife back in 2018. I didn't even know he was at the Giants Cowboys game, so I'll finally be beside him, even though we were in the same vicinity in MetLife five years ago. Yes, Sunday night is going to be wild, um, and I'm ready for it. So really appreciate it to everyone listening out there. Uh, Have fun. Enjoy it. Football is back. It's week one. It's the best time of the year. I'm ready. NFL is here.